His computer's conclusion was useless. In order to know how to defeat humanity, it is necessary to defeat humanity. The Zardonian commander was fast running out of options. Then a spaceship landed into the control center. Its impact knocked out most of the ship's systems. This was followed by something familiar to humans, but alien to Zardonians. Chaos. He first ordered his crew to ignore the humans and focus on getting the systems working. Power up! The explosion was close. Close enough to target the control centre. He then ordered his crew to respond with every weapon they had. Chapter 19 They've evolved to live in a universe where the things that matter for survival are neither too big nor too small. Who the fuck said that? You know, where everything either stands still or moves slowly compared to the speed of light, yeah? Billy, is that you? It had been an unknown amount of time since past bed past Kevin. The collision left a hole large enough to see into the control room where the van was now buried in an array of panels. Aliens ran frantically past it. They had a bigger problem. Nobody can be anybody else. Kevin strained his eyes to see where the voice was coming from. It was not clear. The only light came from the control room ceiling and the best they did was make shadows. Billy, if that's you, you better still have the weapons you stole off me. It was you that stole them. I was leaving them back, yeah? Fuck's sake, Billy. You're as much use as a handbrake and a canoe. Go get them and start firing back. A what, mate? I don't hear any shooting. You will soon. Kevin's back was to the wall. He did his best to stay in the shadows as he inched towards the control room. Turrup! The explosion came from behind, but it was close. It caused panic among the aliens. They grabbed weapons and ran towards it. Kevin watched them stream by him until there was only one left. Come on, Billy. There's our chance. Go and check if Paz okay. I'll sort the alien. The creature left in the room had menace in its stance. Its black scales blended in with the darkness, but two red eyes glowed hatred. Their focus was on Kevin, and Kevin's focus was on them. Can you see Pavelli? He sparked out, mate. See if you can wake him. Kevin tried firing the weapon, but nothing happened. He then threw it at the alien and missed. Gartachach! The first blow landed behind Kevin's ear. It put him face down on the ground. He scrambled away and ducked the next one. Kevin tried to move and give himself space. He figured the alien's big head would make it clumsy. He was wrong. Can you get the van started, Billy? A head kick rocked Kevin and sent him backwards. The barrage of blows that followed narrowed his vision to a pinprick of light. One last slap meant he was on his back wearing a crown of stars. Or so he thought. The stars were neither in his head or around it. They were outside the transparent dome of the control room and he was looking up at it. Stand. Move. Do. 
Kevin struggled to his feet. I'm human, and I won't go gently into the night. The glowing red eyes once again focused on Kevin. But this time, something changed. A small flicker of doubt. It was barely noticeable, but Kevin saw it. The Zardonian commander knew Kevin saw it. Kevin's attack was relentless. He hammered his way forward, raining kicks and blows as he moved. The Zardonian backed up, wobbled, and collapsed. Billy glanced between the crumpled alien and Kevin and slapped the dashboard of the van. Whoop, whoop! Well, now that was hardcore. Yeah! Go on, the humans! Pass that up at the sound of the roar. What? Where am I? What's happening? You're on a spaceship, mate. You drove a Ford Transit into the controls and your friends just outpunched an alien warlord. Kevin joined them at the van. He climbed in and turned the ignition. Nothing happened. Fuck! He turned the ignition for a second time. Nothing happened again. Shit! He tried a third time. Bram! The engine sputtered into life. Bleep! This vehicle has been irreparably damaged! Croaked the Mega Drive. Keep your heads down, lads. We're going to go and rescue the four lads. Five lads, Kev. Jerry McLaughlin is with them. Fuck him. He can find his own way back. Now, Crewman T412 came from the outer galactic spiral. The last civilized star system to have been conquered. Of the 564 fighters that had surrounded the humans, only nine could remember a universe before Zardonian rule. Of those nine, only one had lived on a free world. Of all the crew and humans on the ship that morning, he was the only one to understand defeat. Crewman T-412 hoped the ship's communicator would also know of a word for defeat. He activated and surrendered. Jerry was struggling to see where he was. Put the guns down before you hurt someone! The collision had caused everything to go dark. Martina, Sandra and Faf were halfway along the corridor. The remaining light from the control room reflected on the weapons. Why? They might be useful, Jerry. How would they be useful? Have any of you fired an alien gun before? Where'd you get them anyway? Back there it was four of them lying in a heap. The controls look simple enough. Turr up! The round shot up the corridor before detonating. Sorry lads, that was my fault. Just put the fucking things down. All of a sudden, shadows blocked the light. A noise followed. The sound of boulders in a shore break. It was heading towards them. But only Jerry seemed to hear it. Move! Huh? Move! Follow me! The noise was getting louder. Lads! You need to follow me. For fuck's sake, not back that way. Martina sparked a lighter. It briefly showed Sandra and Fav heading one direction and Jerry the other. Jerry lunged towards them and grabbed Fav by the shoulder. This way, away from the aliens. Not towards them. Martina, keep that thing lit. The group staggered around a corner and into a large room. Jerry motioned for everyone to move away from the door and be quiet. Martina quenched the lighter. It fell quiet outside, but every so often a shout and shuffle of feet let the group know something was there. The darkness, 
combined with the silence, made it hard to mark time. Martina, hand us that lighter for a minute, will you? Jerry sparked the lighter and peered into the corridor. Fuck! What you say? Loads of aliens. How many? I can't be sure. Loads. The room fell silent. This is all your fault, Jerry. You said you knew what to do. Now we're all going to die. Don't freak out, Martina. They're waiting for us to move. If we just sit tight and relax, we'll be fine. Relax? What the fuck do you mean relax? Any minute now they're going to smash in here and kill all of us. Nobody's going to die, Martina. Well, now you're talking sure shite. Everyone's going to die. Tell me one person that never died. Uh, Shane McGowan. Not including him. The room fell briefly silent again. Well, it's hard to know exactly. I have my suspicions about a few people. Nephilim are immortal. And every Archon is too. Though they like to give the appearance of ageing. But don't be fooled. The sound, when it came, was exactly like the noise of a box of metal cutlery being kicked over a low wall. Except much, much louder. The single working headlight that followed it through the wall was blinding. Crank! Get in, lads! The back doors of the van were yanked open. Hold on, not you, Jerry, we're a bit tight for space! Ratatatata! You ready, lads? Take off an X minus three! Ratatatata! Zing! X minus two! Bleep! Guys in Shemason! declared the Mega Drive. Clump! The van was back on a hillside in Sligo. Bleep! Guys in! whistled the Mega Drive. The sun was high. An opal aster approached from the edge of the clearing. Faf, Jerry, Sander and Martina poured out of the back of the van. Bleep! Kaizen! Bleep! Jamaisen! Bleep! What's up with the Mega Drive? Same thing as the spaceship. The CPU went into recursion and gnawed itself back to source code. What do you mean, Jerry? Oh, uh, it's Ghost. Fuck sake, lads. Is that McLaughlin? Who let him into the van? It's not your van to say who goes in or not, Kev. It's Billy Witchy. Yeah, Martina, he's here. Has he still got my stereo? No, but if you want music, I can stick on the radio. Give me a second. There was a crackle of static, but no music. Attention, all humans. An ambition of an enemy is smashed by your prompt correspondence. Accordingly... Enable to evade a crisis. What the fuck was that? That's them aliens again. They mustn't just know when they're biting. The Opal Astra was now alongside the van. Whoosh! Turn it off. Here's Tony and Paul. Tony was driving, and his open window was level with the cab of the van. Lads, have you seen anyone wandering about up here? Someone went off at our space radio. No, we saw nobody. And we don't know anything about your stereo. Yeah, we do. Shut the fuck up, Faf. Tony and Paul eyed the group suspiciously for several seconds. Tony started the car again and began reversing. He paused and looked back into the driver's window of the van. By the way, well done, Kevin. Looks like you saved the world. Don't heed them, Kev. You can never trust a word from those creatures' mouths. 
The rest of Thursday turned out dry, although some patchy drizzle was due in from the Atlantic. The van rattled its way out along the boring. Far above, a flash bloomed and disappeared. Something became nothing. And that was it for the afternoon of the 4th of July, 1996. A van, a hero, an MC poet, five friends, and the broken remains of the world's first superluminal hyperdrive. Kaizen Shimizen. Every Zardonian knows the words, but no Zardonian can say what they mean. The two-word automated message became the last transmission from a missing flagship. They have been carved into a monument outside Zardonian Space Fleet headquarters to preserve the enigma. Now, I know what you're thinking. You're thinking, surely Zardonians know where Earth is. Won't they just build an even better flagship and set out to get revenge? Well, you know, that's where you come in. <laughs>